Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway North Church based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Your Sunday sermon, any day of the week. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. This is the overarching passage for the next three weeks as we begin a time of prayer and fasting. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Hands up if you long to see God do miracles tomorrow and in 2023. We all do, don't we? But consecrate, what what does that word mean and what's the significance today? Well, the word in Hebrew is kwadas, which means to sanctify, be holy, be separate, be set apart for the Lord. So that's what we're going to explore today. What does it mean to choose to be set apart for the Lord, to consecrate ourselves? It was nearly midnight when David rose to turn off the TV. His wife and children were already in bed. Pastor David Wilkerson had always stayed up later than the rest of his family. He found he needed a couple of hours alone to wind down from the day. How many of us can relate to that? To stop thinking about everything. And that's where his TV came in. How many hours do I spend in front of that television every night? He wondered aloud. It's a couple of hours at least. Two hours a day, seven days. That's 14 hours a week. His eyebrows rose at the realisation. What would happen if I spent that time praying? His thoughts instantly filled with objections. Well, I watch TV because I'm tired. So David Wilkerson decided to place a fleece before the Lord. Jesus, he prayed, help me to know if this idea is from you. I'll post an ad for the TV set in the paper tomorrow morning. And if it's your will for me to sell it, have a buyer call for it within the first hour. No, wait. In the first 30 minutes. (laughs) Half an hour, David Wilkerson, I don't think you actually want to spend that time praying, his wife Gwen said the next morning when he told her his plan. You know, she was right. The truth was, he didn't really want to get rid of the TV. And if God didn't send someone in the first 30 minutes, he would have a very good excuse to keep it. Gwen and the children, all greatly amused by the experiment, watched with him as the minutes ticked by. David's eyes moved back and forth between the TV set, the clock, the clock and the TV set. 29 29 minutes had passed and he was preparing to breathe a sigh of relief. And it was just then that the phone rang. Well, aren't you going to pick it up? Gwen asked. Without replying, he reached for the phone and a man's voice came over the line. Hi, you had an ad in the paper for a TV set. Well, that's right. David watched Gwen's face as he gave the man the details about the set. Well, and how much do you want for it? Well, David hadn't thought about the costs. hundred dollars? I'll take it. <laughs> Don't you want to come and look at it first? Nope. If you can have it ready in 15 minutes, I'll be there with the cash. Well, David felt like laughing as he hung up the phone. Clearly, God wanted him to pray instead of watch TV. Beginning that night, David Wilkerson went to his office, closed the door and prayed. But in all honesty, it felt like a dull and tedious chore. For the first several nights, he just ran out of things to pray with in the first half hour. But then, slowly, day by day, he began to learn how to pray and began to really enjoy it. David Wilkerson gained a new perspective, a perspective which changed the hours of his day as well. Many of you will know the story of David Wilkerson, a Christian who gave up his TV to pray and spend time with God. And out of that time, God showed David an article in Life magazine about a violent gang of teenage boys in New York City called the Dragons. And God said, go to New York City and help those boys. 
He was a regular guy who chose to consecrate himself, to set himself apart for the Lord. And boy, did he see the Lord do miracles. David Wilkerson's obedience and choice to get rid of his TV and spend that time worshipping and praying led him to not only go to New York, risk his life literally, change the lives of a handful of teenage gang members, but to go on and set up Teen Challenge, which will grow to impact the lives of tens of thousands of people of all ages in 82 countries across the world. It's an amazing story. Um, Just incredible. So here we are, 2023. Here we stand, the start of a new year. And what will make 2023 a fantastic year? Choose to lay it all down for the Lord. And so we want to launch this year of 2023 by committing to three weeks of prayer and fasting with the overarching verse of consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. You know, as a local church congregation, we've been wandering like the Israelites, thankfully for significantly less than their 40 years. And we're about to step into our promised land, which, if you can recall a talk I did a few months back, is not the new building. Let me make that clear. The new building is a tool. It is not the promised land. It's a tool that God is blessing Gateway North and the King's School with. The promised land for Gateway North, I want to suggest to you, is a bunch of ordinary Christians who have laid it all down for Jesus, living fully for him in a community of people that is a growing and vibrant faith family in West St. Paul, across Winnipeg and beyond. It's way bigger than we can currently understand or comprehend. God's house, your home. So as we launch into three weeks of praying and fasting, I want to posture us as we embark not only on these three weeks, but also on what I am sure is going to be a significant year, 2023. And to do that, I want us to reflect a little on the Israelites' journey as we look at three key areas. The journey, the choice and the worship. So the journey. Our key verse for these three weeks comes from Joshua 3, which was Joshua speaking to the Israelites as they stood by the River Jordan with the promised land visible just over the water. They were at the end of 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, during which time God did some incredible things. Let me quickly remind us of a few key parts of the Israelites' journey, which we can read about in Exodus and Deuteronomy. God rescues the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. There's the whole 10 plagues process. There's the incredible exodus as they escape Pharaoh and his army. They travel by day and night with a supernatural pillar of fire to guide and protect them. They walk through the parting of the Red Sea at just the right time. This was God leading the Israelites out of slavery and into the wilderness. Then a significant 40-year process of re-establishing God's culture for the Israelites and washing away the worldly one they'd been so immersed in whilst in Egypt began. During that time in the wilderness, there was the bitter water at Marah turned sweet with a wooden stick. There was water from the rock, quail and manna. There was literally millions fed and watered for 40 years supernaturally. They had shoes that didn't wear out over 40 years. Moses received the Ten Commandments twice. And the tabernacle was established, plus so much more. What an incredible journey. Then, as we turn our Bibles to Joshua 3, we join Joshua and the Israelites. Their great leader Moses is no longer with them. And now they are facing down the mighty River Jordan. God is about to lead the Israelites out of the wilderness and into the promised land. 
You know, at this point in history, the River Jordan was about three kilometers wide and over a hundred feet deep. So let's turn in our Bibles to Joshua 3 and read what happened, starting in verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. And Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over ahead of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. Let's jump to verses 10 to 17. And Joshua said, By this you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will assuredly drive out from you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the Perizzite, the Girgashite, and the Amorite, and the Jebusite. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. And it will come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan will be cut off. That is, the waters which are flowing down from above and they will stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who were carrying the Ark came up to the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark stepped down into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest, then the waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap, a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathan. And those which were flowing down towards the sea of of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed opposite Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Man, there's some long sentences in that passage. (laughs) I mean, wow, just like the parting of the Red Sea 40 years earlier, God does the impossible. The waters, now we're talking a river way bigger than the Red River or the Assiniboine in Winnipeg, backs up in a heap all the way to Adam, which was an area about 33 kilometres away. That's further than if the Red River backed up from here all the way past Selkirk. Could you imagine the sight of the Red River, which is much thinner than this river, backing up all the way past Selkirk so that the Red River bed was dry? Now, can you imagine the Israelites in their millions having crossed the River Jordan and now stood on the edge of the Promised Land, a place called Gilgal, just near Jericho? After decades, they are now entering the promised land. This is all they've talked about and dreamt about for 40 years. What a journey. God had remained faithful throughout the Israelites' wilderness journey, and they had learned over and over that they brought nothing into the equation. Think about it. What did the Israelites bring into any of those situations? The ten plagues, the exodus escaping Pharaoh, the parting of the Red Sea, quail at manna feeding millions for 40 years, shoes that don't wear out over 40 years, the parting of the River Jordan. It's all quite supernatural and all by the hand of God, not by the Israelites. They brought nothing into the equation. They just had to step forward into God's promises. And that's us at the start of 2023. We bring nothing into the equation. God has always provided and God will always provide. I mean, look at how the West St. Paul area is rapidly developing around the new building that God led us to build when it was an empty, muddy field. You know, we're not that clever. It's all God. 
So as the Israelites stood at this pivotal moment of finally stepping into the promised land, what was their posture? Well, if they stood there in their own strength, I think they would have run away. But they stood there with years and years of history of God's incredible faithfulness throughout their journey. We stand at a similar pivotal moment as we embark into 2023, a year we're most certainly going to look back on and say, wow, God. And we do so with so much history of God's faithfulness on our journey up to this point. God is saying to us as Gateway North, remember the journey, now step into your future. And how? Well, that was the journey. Now comes the choice. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. As I said at the start, to consecrate ourselves is to be set apart for the Lord. And it all comes down to a heart choice. You know, for many years I worked at health clubs. I know you're looking at me and thinking, well, clearly. (laughs) Well, actually, I spent most of the time working in sales at various health clubs and not actually being a gym instructor. instructor, So you're probably thinking, oh, okay, that makes a bit more sense now. Anyway, our favourite month was January, the month when the crowds came flocking to join. New year, new you. And the reason gyms love the January flood is because many people haven't made a choice. They haven't counted the cost. They go impulsively. They sign up usually for 12 months and they, you know, they give it a good shot. Week one, they're there most days. Week two, they're there a few times. Week three, well, I went once. (laughs) By February, it's game over. But the membership fee is going to go out for a whole more 11 months. So last week I joined the gym. <laughs> no, genuinely I did. And I really hope I followed my own advice and counted the cost. But you know, over the years of selling gym memberships, what I saw was that those who genuinely got fitter and healthier, many did, they didn't do so the first day they were in the gym. And definitely not those who decided on December the 31st that they really should lose the Christmas podge. But those who genuinely stuck it out for the long haul and saw results did so because they made a choice way before ever even setting foot in a health club. They'd weighed up all the costs and there came a moment when they made a choice. They chose, I am really doing this for the long haul. They counted the cost, finances, time, inconvenience, change in diet. They chose it all and they went all in. Now, that's just going to the gym. Think about that process from a whole life perspective. It's a heart choice. To be set apart for the Lord, to consecrate ourselves, isn't something to be taken lightly, momentarily or on a whim because it feels like the right thing to do in that moment. Choosing to be set apart for the Lord is for the whole of your life and will involve ongoing costs, sacrifices and hard work. So let's head back to Joshua and the Israelites. Joshua challenges the Israelites to consecrate themselves because they are about to face their first battle, an impenetrable wall of the city of Jericho. And what would God have them do to prepare for their first battle in the promised land? What was their cost? Was it to join a gym? No. Was it lots of warm-ups? No. Was it to sharpen their weapons? Not really. Was it some sort of last-minute training? Well, you'd think so, but it wasn't. So let's read together so you don't think I'm making this up. Let's turn to Joshua 5 verses 2 to 8 and it says this. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make for yourself flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time. 
So Joshua made himself flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. This is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of, G- out of Egypt. For all the people who came out were circumcised, but all the people who were born in the wilderness along the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the sons of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, that is the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord, to whom the Lord had sworn that he would not let them see the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. There's a warning there for us, isn't there? Verse 7. So the children whom he raised up in their place, Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them along the way. Now, when they had finished circumcising all the nation, they remained in their places in the camp until they recovered. I bet they did. (laughs) So circumcision. You know, if there's any kids or teenagers still in the room, if you're not sure what that is, I'm sure your parents would love to explain it to you when you get home, because that'll make for some really fun at dinner table family time. (laughs) But that really was God's genius idea. Let's get all the fighting men together and circumcise them. Seems like madness, doesn't it? But God knew best. By circumcising the men, they were consecrated to the Lord, set apart for the Lord, becoming unbelievably vulnerable out of obedience, doing what no human would ever suggest as preparation for battle. And that's what we're going to focus on over the next three weeks and throughout 2023. So we're looking for some guys to volunteer. No, I'm only joking. We're not at all. Don't worry, guys. But we are talking about consecrating ourselves to the Lord, choosing to be set apart for the Lord. Now, you may be thinking, well, we get off pretty lightly compared to the Israelites. I mean, they had to be physically circumcised. I'm glad we don't. But I think what God is after from us, Gateway North, as we embark on 2023, stepping into all of God's promises and miracles, is actually a much bigger cost. God is after a consecration of our hearts, not just a momentary physical action, but a lifetime choice that, like David Wilkerson selling his TV, will mean being set apart for the Lord, living differently to the world around us, being the odd one out at school or work, making godly choices that might be difficult. It will involve choices around how we steward our finances, our kids, our home, our priorities, our resources, our time, everything. Please don't think this is a small choice. It's massive. God is asking us, and it is a choice. God won't force anything upon anyone. He's asking, will you choose to be set apart for life? So practically for the next three weeks, as a springboard to the rest of 2023, How can we choose to be set apart for the Lord? Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. Well, firstly, if you don't personally know Jesus or you did and you've walked away from him and have ended up living a life without him right at the centre, then you need to make a choice today. Will you come and be consecrated, set apart for him today? Count the cost and make the choice. And if you'd like one of us to pray over you at the end, please come and chat with us. Or maybe you're listening to this as a podcast and you can go to gatewaywinnipeg.com, click on the guest contact card and we can connect up. We'd love to pray with you and ensure that you start 2023 with Jesus at the centre. Secondly, being set apart for the Lord means to separate, separate ourselves from common things to focus on the Lord. 
And so that's our focus for the next three weeks as a springboard to 2023. And hopefully some habits will last a lifetime. Separating ourselves from common things to focus on the Lord. And we want to encourage you to fast, which in its full biblical meaning is to abstain from eating for a period of time and then using that time to pray, worship and wait on the Lord. And we're encouraging everyone to consider fasting this way on the three Wednesdays. If you want to do more, that is totally up to you. But we'd love it if everyone who's physically and medically able would fast from fruit, fast from food on the three Wednesdays. Because, you know, fasting is a gift from God that helps us get our focus off the wrong things and onto Jesus. I've often just overcomplicated in my own head, but it really is a simple thing. Go without food and when you're hungry, you'll pray. Go without your TV, spend time with Jesus. Go without common things and see God do miracles. You know, Moses fasted for 40 days and nights on behalf of the Israelites. And Jesus fasted for 40 days and nights immediately after being baptised and before he began his earthly ministry. We can read this in Luke 4 verses 1 to 2, which says this. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Fascinating, it was the Jordan, same river. And was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he was hungry. (laughs) That has to be one of the biggest understatements in the Bible. And he was hungry, you think? So uh, just to be clear, I am not suggesting we fast food solidly for three weeks. That could actually be dangerous for some people. I'm just highlighting how significant praying and fasting is biblically. If Jesus prayed and fasted, fasted, I think it's probably wise for us to imitate him. But I do think we should be asking God what he thinks would be best for us to fast. As a starter, we'd like to encourage everyone to fast food on the three Wednesdays. But on top of that, you know, if we're really honest, many of us would happily miss a meal rather than miss our devices, right? Don't disconnect me. That was David Wilkerson's story. It was his TV. So what if we consider fasting from something that is commonplace in our life for the whole of the three weeks? And every time we miss it, We turn to Jesus, pray and wait on him. Like David Wilkerson, first few times might be more of a challenge. So maybe just start by spending those times worshipping and you'll see why worship is important in a bit when we catch back up with the Israelites. What about fasting social media? Removing apps from all our devices for the whole three weeks and put a status saying away for three weeks focusing on the Lord. That would be a great way to share your faith. Also, During the next three weeks of praying and fasting, there will be points where we connect with other churches, leaders and ministries from across the city and province. And there's been a real conviction amongst many of them around the damages that social media did over the last few years. So they're going to be fasting from social media, too. That is setting ourselves apart from the Lord, apart for the Lord, just to be clear. Remember, it's not meant to be easy. It's meant to cost us so there is a deeply heartfelt choice that produces a lifetime of fruit. If we'd like to get healthy at the gym, how much more should we desire to be spiritually healthy, not just for this life, but for all eternity? Imagine how much closer to Jesus you will be in just three weeks if you gave him all that time that you would otherwise just be giving away to common things. What's your common thing you could fast for three weeks? Is it Netflix? Is it sugar, computer games, coffee? We're not going to tell you what to fast. That's between you and the Lord. 
but fasting is a significant spiritual discipline that really does have an impact. Okay, so I mentioned worship. So let's see the outcome of the Israelites consecrating themselves to the Lord as we begin to wrap this up. The Israelites would face their first battle in the promised land, the walls of Jericho. Joshua 6, 1 says this, Now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. We're all staring down impenetrable walls as we head into 2023. Whether that's finances, health, marriage, seeing our King's School established, seeing a drastic reduction in crime in our city and province, seeing a move of God in the heart of our continent, or any number of walls that are looming over us as we embark on 2023. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. The Israelites had just consecrated themselves to the Lord, and now they would see God do a miracle. Let's turn to Joshua 6, verses 2 to 5. It says this, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have handed Jericho over to you with its king and the valiant warriors, and you shall march around the city, all the men of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight ahead. Let's jump to verse 12. Now Joshua got up early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. Then the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets. And the armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while they continued to blow the trumpets. So the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did the same for six days. Then, on the seventh day, they got up early at the dawning of the day and marched around the city in the same way seven times. Only on that day did they march around the city seven times. And at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20. So the people shouted and the priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout and the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city everyone straight ahead and they took the city. Wow. They worshipped around the impenetrable wall of Jericho once a day for six days, then seven times on the seventh day, after which, as we sang at Sunday school, and the walls came tumbling down. (laughs) You know, as we wrap this up, God has not brought us this far through such a faith journey for us to fall at the first seemingly impenetrable wall as he leads us into his promised land for each of us individually and together as the Gateway North family. He will do miracles. And what is our part? Well, it's not a lot, really. Firstly, remember the journey. Second, make the choice to consecrate yourselves, to be set apart for the Lord. And third, worship him For tomorrow, the Lord will do miracles among you. So let's take some time now to respond to the Lord together as we begin our three weeks of prayer and fasting together. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway North podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from God's word. To find out more about Gateway Church, head to gatewaywinnipeg.com.